And the workshop for today is titled Timeless Truth for Today. Timeless Truth for Today. And to start it off, I brought something to show you. So I'm going to move my laptop over a little to there. The, the circle is magnetic, as is the globe in the middle. When the globe is precisely centered, balanced, it hovers in the space inside the circle. No, no strings, there is no wire attaching the globe to that circle in any way. When everything is balanced and centered, the globe turns, rotates in its path, in its orbit, in that magnetic circle. Getting the globe centered and balanced is not necessarily the easiest thing. If I take the globe out of there and try to find that balance point, it's not so easy. Already, perhaps you can see in here that the globe stuck itself onto the top bar here of the circle. Sometimes when I think it's balanced and it's not really, it falls down to the bottom of the circle. And I was looking at that, this setup, and it made me th think sometimes about my attempt to stay centered in my own life, of sometimes getting stuck, and sometimes kind of feeling like I'm falling in the process. So because this globe actually is difficult to center in precisely the right place, the kit that it came with provided a spacer. So with this tool, with this spacer, that's all it takes. With the tool, with the spacer, the globe is helped to be centered and balanced. And now it can spin in its orbit doing what it's supposed to do. I wanted to share this with you because I wanted to address the spacer. What helps us, what assists us in establishing and maintaining balance, centeredness in today's world so that we can be about the, the, our life in the most constructive way so that we can be in our spiritual orbit walking through this earth in it, but not of it. 
how can we walk in a balanced and centered way through today's interesting times? We've got so much going on with health concerns of people. We've got so much going on with our civil servants, the politics of today, if you're reading the newspapers and following all of that, and adding the normal challenges that we all face as we walk our paths through this world. What is the equivalent for us of this assisting tool here? What can we use? What's in our spiritual repertoire? that we can use to help stay centered. I'd like to share a few, and surely you'll have more of your own also, but I'd like to share a few. One of the assists that I have found most helpful for the last year is an affirmation that came from Truth Journal, February, March of last year, 2019. It's the March 24 to 30. And the inside page where all the affirmations are, page 19. It's an affirmation that Roy Eugene Davis would have written months in advance of his passing, because the Truth Journal is assembled, well, produced, assembled, and distributed uh, well in advance of our having it in our hands. Um, so this affirmation that he, he wrote was well in advance of the week that he passed, but this wound up being the affirmation for the week that he passed. And it's the affirmation that I was using throughout the meditation this morning. I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence. And of course, that was the week he passed. Of course, that's what he was and is conscious, immortal, joyous existence. And somehow that affirmation stays in my mind and my heart. I, I find it playing in my awareness throughout the day as every day goes by. This has a permanent place in my awareness. It's a reminder for me of who I am, what I am, as I walk my path through this earth. It's, it's one of my equivalents of this spacer bar for the, for the world apparatus that I, I brought to share you. To know, to know who we are. I remember Roy Eugene Davis saying on a number of occasions, it's not so much asking who you are. You ask who you are, you get the usuals. My name is, my age is, I live at, my employment is. But rather to ask what you are. Because what you are is permanent. All the usual ways that we identify ourselves, my name, my occupation, my age, those things all refer to my temporary experience in this lifetime as Catherine. But what I am, the I am that I am, am, is, is the permanence. So Roy Davis often said, ask what am I in your time of meditation? 
one way to experience that what I am, that inner essence of I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence, is meditation like we just did, like you do so often. Because you can tell somebody that they're conscious, immortal, joyous existence, but that's not the same thing as sitting in the quiet, waiting it out for the thoughts and the distractions and the what-ifs and the if-onlys and I should-haves and all that stuff to settle down. And even awareness of the body settles out. And then there you are, aware of being aware, but not aware of anything in particular. There's no active thought or feeling or memory or worry that's going on in the mind at the time to, that we were prone to identify with. And so there you are in the actual experience of being acutely alert, acutely aware, but not thinking about anything in particular. And then there you have it. You are consciousness, awareness, prior to content. Consciousness, awareness, just itself. And therein is the experience of what Roy wrote, I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence, always and forever. I'm temporarily expressing as the Catherine package, but that's temporary. What I have always been, am now and always will be, is conscious, immortal joyous existence. So I wanted to, to share that with you. Um, some of the speakers before me have talked about the Yoga Sutras. The second Yoga Sutra in the first chapter tells us that our realization, experience of our inmost self happens when the distractions in the mind settle down. Otherwise, we tend to identify our essence with the roles we're playing and the name that we have and the people that we're with and who we share our life with. We tend to define ourselves in terms of other things. And Sutra, the second one in the first chapter of the Yoga Sutras, uh, reminds us that as all those thoughts settle down, we can have the experience of, of being conscious, immortal, joyous existence. Actually, the 12th Sutra in that first chapter identifies meditation and non-attachment as ways to maintain awareness of our spiritual essence. Non-attachment. Not 
wrapping our identity into anything temporary. Non-attachment has nothing to do with the amount of items in your house. Non-attachment has to do with the extent to which you identify your, your essence, your identity with those things. As though those things were somehow an extension of you. They're not an extension of you. You don't acquire more you by acquiring more stuff. That's a huge realization because advertisers and cultural aspects would want us to believe that we gain in essence by acquiring their stuff. And it's not true. Your stuff is not an extension of who you are. It's all temporary stuff. Who you are is the permanence of I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence. There are other ways of languaging that. Um, a previous way that I've used and still use um, is I am an unbounded, unlimited, immortal expression of God. It's one way to language a similar idea. But over this past year, I have really treasured Roy's words, I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence. And then a second aspect to this assist bar is how does one act naturally with that identity? I'm going to move the computer slightly here so I can see you instead of the instead of the globe. How does a person naturally act knowing that they're conscious, immortal, joyous expressions of God? How would a person move through this earth? Well, the Yoga Sutras, starting with verse 29, address that too. A person would walk through this earth without hurting anything, without hurting themselves with things they eat, drink, other substances, without hurting themselves through worry, dwelling on scary ideas, complaints. A person would walk through this earth not causing harm to oneself, to other people, to other living beings, to the planet itself. We would naturally not discard plastic all over the place. And so this is a practice for us until such a behavior becomes automatic for us. And I remember Roy Davis saying on numerous occasions, the way to obey a don't, like don't hurt anything, is to cultivate its opposite. So what we would do in nurturing, walking through this earth as conscious immortal spiritual beings, is nurture gentleness, mindfulness of how what we do affects ourselves, other people, other beings, the planet. To cultivate gentleness, compassion, 
and a namaste attitude toward everybody. Namaste attitude, to look at people with gentle eyes. You know how it is for you when someone is looking at you and you know they're evaluating you. Um, that's way different from looking at someone with gentle eyes and a namaste heart. May we walk through this earth looking at people, seeing with eyes of spirit, seeing with eyes of the soul, that they are also a conscious, immortal, joyous existence right now temporarily expressing in a mind-body personality. May we look with gentle eyes and acknowledge the truth of people. So the observances, the behavior guidelines in, well, starting with verse 29 of chapter one, the namas, the yamas and the niyamas. First one is don't cause hurt. And actually, if you're obeying that one, you're obeying several of the, the next ones. The next one is, don't lie. And the way we do that is by cultivating its opposite, by speaking the truth kindly. And this includes not using the truth as a weapon. Well, let me tell you how, you know, speak the truth that needs to be said because it's helpful and honest you can you can use truth a truth a, tr a truth sentence as a weapon it's not saying that it's saying use the truth in a way that's kindly helpful now, sometimes we have to say hard things but that's also kindly helpful just not as a weapon the next one is don't steal well how do you do that? By cultivating a consciousness of abundance. There's enough. There's enough. It's saying yes in your heart of hearts to there's enough. Uh, feeling good about other people's good fortune. Respecting property rights of other people. And the next one is don't waste resources not planetary resources and not our own resources, our own vital forces. We waste resources by too much talking, too much eating, too much sleeping, too much dissipation of, of, of our energy. So how do you deal with don't waste but you deal with it by cultivating its opposite which is cultivating the ability to conserve and use wisely in accordance to priorities and the next one is don't cling and grasp and it's accepting the truth that everything in this world of forms is coming and going nothing is going to stay if it's formed, it's temporary. The only permanence is the soul truth, which today we're encapsulating as, I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence. Every form is coming and going. It's all, all temporary. So how to not cling and grasp is to cultivate 
the awareness and the willingness to let things go when it's their time to go. To let things go with our blessing when it's their time to go. And then the others are observances. Now, given any category, choose the pure version. Given food, choose the pure version. Not last week's leftovers, just because they're still in the fridge. Choose the pure version that actually nourishes. So cultivating purity and cleanliness in our food, our water, whatever substances we're putting in, our speech. Um, the next one is cultivating inner contentment, regardless of what's happening in the outer world. Regardless of what's happening in the outer world, there is always peace at the soul level. Always peace at the soul level. The peace at the soul level is not dependent on anything happening or not happening in the outer world. So it's cultivating that level of peace. And here, here again is a benefit of sitting in meditation. The peace, that inner peace. Once you have that inner peace, then you can walk through this earth, through other people's conversations at this time, still centered in your own peace. You can listen to the news, still centered in your own inner peace. You can observe it all, do what's honestly yours to do, but staying anchored in your own inner peace. Maintaining the next one, maintaining a healthy sense of self-discipline, of not overbearing, I have to, I have to, I have to, but rather the willingness and the joy of applying the spiritual truth that you know, viewing everything, all situations as you walk through your day as spiritual curriculum, because they all are. So what bothers you as you walk through the day? Uh, someone's annoying habit? Cultivating the ability to stay with your own inner sense of peace and let things be as they are. So many things just are part of the way the now moment is showing up. And the next one, we're still on the yamas and niyamas of chapter one in the Yoga Sutras. The next one is study spiritual truth, the nature of the self. And that's more than reading, although reading uh, is often provides the initial direction for us. But studying the nature of your spiritual self includes meditation because how else would you gain the experience of your own inmost center? You can read about it. You can be told about it. But unless you sit long enough to experience it, it's, it's nice words. What you need, what you want is the experience of your own inmost essence. And the last one of the 10 
yamas, niyamas, is to let go of identifying ourselves as a mind, body, personality, self, and replace that with identifying ourselves as unbounded, unlimited, immortal expressions of God, conscious, immortal, joyous existence. So the yamas niyamas, starting on verse 29 of chapter 1, are a huge example of the spacer in the, the globe setup that I showed you before. Another thing that I have found very helpful is mantra. To have a word or a word phrase or maybe a song or a chant that you use during meditation. But what I'd like to refer to now is the use of mantra when you're not meditating. The use of mantra when you're stuck on the interstate in traffic that if you stand out of your car and look ahead, all you can see is red taillights. So what do you do? Do you complain? Do you remind yourself, I'm gonna be late? Do you make everybody in the car with you listen to consternation? Well, can you sit there, access the peace that's always there at soul level, and chant your mantra, sing your mantra. Um, I like the mantra, Om, um, just to say it or chant it inside. I like to breathe in normally and exhale, Om. Breathe in normally and exhale, Om. Most often I'm doing this silently, but breathe in normally, exhale, Om. I had a Sanskrit enthusiast, a very talented person, and put Om to a little uh, chant that I had actually never heard before him, and I find that playing itself in my mind, and it kind of goes, oh, um, oh, um, oh, um, oh, um, oh, um, oh, um. So it's taking om and making a two-syllable little chant song out of it, and I find that singing all by itself in my head. So using a mantra, or so another one uh, that I used in times past was the song Amen, you remember? Amen, 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 uh, using that one. And uh, as I've said before, uh, now I find I'm conscious in mortal joyous existence. Having a life of its own in my mind heart. And I find myself listening to that or chanting Om whenever the people around me are grumbling or complaining because it keeps me from from grumbling and complaining inside my own head about their grumbling and complaining. Just to have a mantra channel to switch to, and that's what it is. You switch to the mantra channel, home or whatever. Or you're doing a routine 
task, chopping veggies for dinner, chanting home or whatever your equivalent is. And whenever the mind wants to get into worrying about something in the future or rehashing something from the past, why did I do that? Why did they do that? You know, thought processes that really go nowhere and cause a lot of pain. Just to chant your mantra, to switch to the mantra channel instead of the, oh, what if? Or, oh, if only I had, or if only I hadn't. To switch to the mantra channel. How much better for your health, for your, for your body? You're not running stress chemicals when you're switching to the mantra channel, like you're running stress chemicals with most of the other stuff. Mind can be very critical. So switching to the mantra channel runs peace chemicals through your body and resonates as peace in your mind heart. One more little assist tool that I'd like to share with you is from, again, chapter one, Yoga Sutras, verse 33 and it's about dealing with others in the course of our day-by-day -day walk and it says with people in general cultivate an attitude of friendliness and I'd like to tie back to something I said a few moments ago cultivating the ability to Instead of looking with evaluating critical eyes as you walk past people in stores and sidewalks and TV or wherever, instead of walking by with critical, judgmental, evaluating eyes, walk by with soft, blessing eyes. How would it be to, for all the people that you pass in the grocery store, to say inwardly to them, you are a conscious, immortal, joyous expression of God. To say that, well, there might be a few people you'd want to say that out loud to, but by and large, to say it in your heart of hearts to the people that you just pass, to bless them on the way. It's just to walk your path, leaving a trail of light behind you. So with people in general, with, the friend, with people that are, are friends, just people in general, to cultivate friendship with them. And for people that are suffering, and in today's world, there's considerable amount of that happening. The people that are, are suffering to cultivate compassion, blessing. If there's something for you to do in an outer way that you know within your heart is yours to do, to help them, do. But if at the moment there's nothing in an overt way for you to do, then it's not taking everything on to yourself and feeling devastated if you go down with them, how, how can you stand and bless them? It's maintaining the inner truth with compassion in your heart. 
staying anchored on your own spiritual truth. Again, our assist bar, staying anchored, balanced, centered on your own spiritual truth. And from there, you can bless. You can share what you've got. You can't share what you don't have yourself. If you want to share peace and blessing, we need to be anchored in peace and blessing ourselves. One huge way of dealing in compassion in today's world is to give people the gift of hearing them, to listen to people, to listen with the heart, to, to listen. This culture can be so busy. You know, we walk past each other often and say, hi, how are you? And they say, fine. And nothing was ever meant by that. We weren't really asking, how are you? It was just what you say. And they weren't really saying fine. They were just giving the expected response to the question. But to actually listen to somebody and to not just be waiting them out so that you can say what you want to say or tell them why they're wrong or tell them what more needs to be added to what they just said, but just to, to listen to people and maybe ask them, can you tell me more about that? Especially if they're trying to identify a feeling or a thought process within themselves. Often people figure out their own situations by hearing themselves talk. I know several times people have said to me, oh, thank you. You said just what I needed to hear. And looking back on it, I really hadn't said anything at all. I was just listening while they sorted it out for themselves and they heard what they needed to hear without actually realizing that they were the ones saying it. So the ability to listen with the heart, to actually listen, to say to somebody, tell me more about that. Instead of, oh, well, let me tell you about what happened to me on that line of thought. To, to listen with the heart. So it's cultivating friendship with the friendly and people in general. It's cultivating compassion for those who are suffering. Um, cultivating a sense of joy for the happiness and well-being of other people. I'm mentioning that one because we can be really hard on ourselves and we can be really critical about ourselves. And when someone else is describing a major success, there's sometimes just something within us that says, oh, wow, look what they did. I'm not doing near enough. I should have done something like that. I should do something more like that. So cultivating the awareness that when somebody else is experiencing success or well-being, to be honestly, joyously happy for their well-being and their success. And if there is an awareness of any tendency to be self-critical over their success, to switch to the mantra channel. <laughs> and to really cultivate a sense of joy with the success and the well-being of others. And then the fourth part of that sutra is to cultivate objectivity and compassionate dispassion 
for anything disruptive going on out there. And I really want to highlight that one because there's a lot of distracting and disruptive going on out there right now if you're listening to the news, reading the newspapers, watching the online headlines, political ant antics, conversations. When anything uh, disruptive, non-helpful is going on, you have a choice. You can get involved. You can express opinions. Or you can take a deep breath and maintain your own inner orbit, maintain your own inner peace. I, I know on the occasion when disruptive conversation was going on and I was standing there quietly running my mantra, someone would say to me, well, Catherine, what do you think? And my often used reply was, I'm the designated listener here, because I had no intention of getting involved in that discussion. So it's maintaining our inner peace, maintaining I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence as we walk our path, as we deal with our daily life situations, realizing that everything we encounter on the way, another person, a situation, everything, it's all spiritual curriculum. It's all the opportunity to stay balanced and centered. It's all the opportunity, I'm going to switch back to including my globe, which is still spinning in its orbit because it is happily balanced and centered. May we have that kind of balance and centeredness as we walk through our day-by-day -day life situations. Just the, in the simplest way, uh, I know to say it is again the words of Roy Davis. I am conscious, immortal, joyous existence, as are you, as is everyone else. May we know that truth with and for ourselves, with and for each other. May that be the, well, at least one of the tools that we use to keep ourselves moving in the path, the orbit that's ours to follow in this, in this lifetime. I so much appreciate your sharing this time with me and allowing me to put into words some of the things that mean a lot to me in navigating my own orbit through my daily path. Thank you so much. Namaste. I behold the light. I honor the light, the love, the purity that you are. Amen.